Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Off track with Hinch and Rossi. Hey, did you guys want to buy a hat? Uh, it was actually more in the market for some sunglasses. <laughs> you have a bracelet, maybe? <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. To the streets of Columbia. From the streets of Columbia. We're back from Columbia. So here's the mm. good news, guys. We made it. Um, and let me tell you, I don't think I'm going to go anywhere that's not at least a travel advisory free ever again. <laughs> yeah, Turns out right? Travel Advisory 3 just means you party. Just means you have a great time <laughs> and it's totally fine. So, uh, yeah, those I want to say those websites are a tiny bit overcautious because uh, it was fine and we made it, as did all the members of the adventure. Um, mm. We got back yesterday. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of tired, if I'm honest. Yeah. I mean, you, you are going to be tired regardless. You've been on a whirlwind uh, world tour as that's fair that is true. um you know i think that he, here's the deal everyone went into it sorry everyone that we told what we were doing and where we were going went into it with the absolute presumption that it was going to be a horribly messy and terribly um immature chain of events and and weekend and i gotta be quite honest with you guys it was i think it was probably the most grown-up bachelor party yeah you could have done and and actually of, yeah in in a lot of ways and i i'm not I, I do mean this um that was kind of what i was hoping for and kind of my point in choosing this place because and the reason i say this is we all have done you know, other cities, your Miami's, your Vegas's, your New Orleans, Nashville's, your Nashville's whatever, right? To <laughs> so, much, so much that we're like, you're comfortable with it. And you know exactly what you're going to go there and do. And there's kind of no, there's no leash internally that you have. When you're in Columbia, there's a, there's a three out of four leash that's on you because always in the back of your mind, you're like, I'm going to be a little bit conservative in my choices because I'm more concerned my, for my personal well-being and safety than I am for like having a good time. So in a lot of ways, despite going to what is on paper is an insane destination, it actually, I think, reined everyone in um, to a point where it was pretty, pretty calm. And like, like, I'll be very clear where we went to and Cartagena is a, is a walled city, mm. right? And the walled city part is not that big. And then outside the walled city, there's 
real Columbia. Mm-hmm. I feel like inside the walls, it's kind of touristy, old school, like fun Columbia. And the three out of, I think, I think two and a half of those stars on the risk chart are outside the walls. Right. And so we kind of knew we had this little area that we had to stay in. And frankly, there was no reason to leave. It was yeah. incredible. Like, the food was amazing. There was tons of entertainment options. There was a lot of cool bars that we found. Like the house that we had was insane. We could have just stayed there for three straight days and it would have been a blast. So yeah, I think that's a good point. And uh, I think I think even you made the comment at one point. You're like, man, bachelor parties in your 30s are a lot different than bachelor parties in your 20s. Well, they are because at the, at the end of the day, everyone that was there, like kind of seen it done and got the t-shirt, right? Yeah. Like, so and you know yourself and you know, your limits and like, right. it was fine. Um, I'm happy that we never found, well, actually we did fine, but we never went to a casino because I felt like that could have cost some people. That could have been money. a lot. That could have been a lot. You know what? I spent any sort of uh, casino money I would have spent on champagne. So you did. <laughs> you did. So, okay. So I got to tell this story because <laughs> it's pretty good. So uh, the first night uh, we end up, at a nightclub, we booked a reservation, had a table there, and we rock up, and you know they give you the menu. You gotta get a bottle of something, right? Meet and your we minimum, were lo- right? Yeah. yeah, meet your minimum. So, we, which and to be fair, like the minimums were all very reasonable when you yeah. consider it, it could have been like. a very inexpensive trip to that nightclub. I mean, Correct. it was it was several hundred million. Colombian pieces. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah, the, the, it's what on your first day there when you're still not totally familiar like, with, the, uh, with the exchange use, rate, you're like, give me a, a second. Because they use the dollar sign as well. So you're like, yeah, that's yeah. 32,000, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now you remember the exchange rate is 4,000 pesos to $1. Right. So, yeah. For, yeah, there's a bit of sticker shock on that first day, but then you, you kind of get used to it. Uh, but so we're looking at the menu and like the bottles of vodka or tequila or whatever, all pretty reasonable. And then we're like, Oh, like, all right, we'll get one. We'll get a bottle of vodka. And I'm like, all right, but we really like champagne. Let's let's look at the champagne. For some reason, the champagne was like, like Miami or Vegas nightclub prices. Like it was silly. And so we're like, well, that's unnecessary. Like we have a bottle of this and like, it's, that's just too much. So it's fine. We'll skip that. So then of course the night goes on. And I'm sitting there and, and I see our server walking over carrying a bottle of champagne. And I just turn around and look at Alex and he's just sitting in the corner with this <laughs> grin on his face. <laughs> and I was like, what did you do? <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, come on, man. You only get married once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a fact, right? Um, um, you know, you only get married once or twice, or yeah, <laughs> or, or whatever, you know. So, um, yes, I we James deserves a massive shout out. He did all of the itinerary planning, research of restaurants, got us a boat day. We went out to like someone's house who had breakfast waiting for us, and then we continued on the boat and hung out by uh, like a pool on an island. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was, it was. We landed midday Thursday and took off midday on Sunday. So it's really two full days, but three days, call it. And that was just, that was the right amount of time. It was enough time to do everything that we wanted to do, but then like not a minute more. Like it was time to go home. An hour more, I would have been, I would have been in trouble. I I was very ready to go home at the end. And I I don't mean to mean I had a bad time at all. I had a great time. 
Right. And then it was just like, oh, man, like, you know, at the end of a trip when you're like, God, I wish I could stay another day. There was none of that. <laughs> it was just like, ah, I'm I rarely I have that on trips, though, which may be something to do with the way I do trips. But I'm always <laughs> like, I need to go home. If anything, you go home early from trips. I yeah, more, than, more than once you booked a flight earlier and left sometimes without saying anything. I contemplated leaving on Saturday. <laughs> I could tell. I, yeah, I'm going to be tell. honest. I looked at the flight. I didn't do it. But I that would have been a, a hell of a move. Would have been a bold <laughs> just, move. Yeah. Just to leave your own. I'm surprised you didn't just to have the story of you left your own bachelor party early. <laughs> well, so <laughs> that the was thing the is, only man, reason I thought you I, might I, do I, it. I couldn't do it. You only get married once, once or twice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Kelly doesn't uh, we, I'm kidding, you know, I know she, she doesn't. doesn't. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there is there is a funny thing about potentially changing itineraries because. You know how every group has that one person in it that's going to be the one to like rile the group up and rally them going on what's probably a bad idea, but he, he or she can get you all there. So we flew home with a connection in Miami. And when we landed in Miami, <clears throat> super pilot Rossi over here, uh, I don't know if he got an alert or was just looking at all of his piloting apps because that's what pilots do when Second they're flying. One, man, real pilot over here. Okay. So he Alex was just Rossi, checking, 400 hours here at your service, you know, just whatever, no big deal. So he was looking at his nerdy pilot apps and he, she hits me. He's like, look at this. There's some really big weather over Miami. And it was saying that flight delays expected to be 30 to 45 minutes. And we're like, Ooh, that's not good. And like the weather coming in behind that looked even worse. So we landed, we had a couple hour layover anyway. So we're obviously sitting at the bar and like, two thirds of the party were all flying back to Indy as well. Right. So he lost a couple guys along the way, Tim included. And, uh, and we were sitting there and once Alex told the rest of the group about this potential delay <clears throat> and one of the guys actually that was leaving out of Miami on a different flight, his flight was delayed and we're like, Oh, this is where it starts. And he was like, guys, Imagine we get stuck in Miami overnight. We have to go straight out. <laughs> like we have to keep the bachelor party going. Like that's the only move here. And the sad thing is, is he's right. Like if that had happened, there was only one option, mm -hmm. which was go straight mm -hmm. out and then potentially just come straight back to the airport in the morning. <laughs> Risky I, move. We would have hit up. We, we have a friend with a condo. We would have hit up. Like we'd have been fine. It'd have been fine. We wouldn't have been fine, but we'd have been fine. I mean, we would have. You you weren't there, but yeah. you, know. you think I would have gotten out of Miami that night? You didn't fly through Miami. You didn't fly to Miami. Yes, I did. I just landed two hours after you guys. Why did you not get on our plane? I don't know, man. I just got on whatever the app had me do. I thought I was the one that was bad at booking travel here. <laughs> so you sat on... in the Cartagena airport for two extra hours by yourself. Do you know how much less money this... I spent at the Cartagena airport than I would have in the Miami airport? Oh, yeah. Well, Let's talk yeah, about we should that. probably tell that story <laughs> while we're at it. <laughs> Jackasses. <laughs> oh, hey. hey. Alex, you want to take that one? Or should we um, let Tim tell this story? No, I feel like Tim should tell the story. You know, it's he okay. he, he paid for the right. Guys, so, I got to be honest, I'm feeling better. So, <laughs> so I flew in, I flew out from LA, got in a little earlier than everybody, and posted up at the bar in the Miami airport near our gate. Sage Karam got in as well. He and I just sat there, had like two drinks. 
you guys text me from the air. Hey, our connection's getting tighter. We're a little delayed. Can you put in these orders for drinks and just send like a laundry list of drinks? I was like, no problem on it. Put the orders in, right? At this point, you guys get there. We have time for one round. I've been at that bar for a little bit. So I get up to go to the bathroom before it's time to board. I get back to the bar after ordering all your drinks. Nary a, nary a member of our party is there. You guys have all just abandoned me with the unpaid tab. Hang on, hang on. That's <laughs> not entirely fair. We sent half the guys out already, and then we had the rest of us holding our bags, and the second your butt hit the seat, we all stood up without word and ran oh, out of true. the bar. Okay. To so, be fair. So they were just completely gone by the time I get back to the, or they just leave. And I couldn't find my bag or I would have tried to escape with. Uh, Tim operating under the assumption that we had paid the bill. And that's why we were leaving. (laughs) So the bartender is like, they left the bill. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a prank. I think they're coming back. I was like, oh, no, it's a prank. They are not coming back. (laughs) This was absolutely a prank that they just did on me to start the trip. So you guys stuck me with a $500 bar bill to start the trip. (laughs) Yeah. And here's the thing. I was stunned that it was that uh, amount of money to the point where we were asking for a receipt because we thought you were just talking. No, it was... Because, yeah, because he goes, I can't believe you stepped me with a $500 bill. And we're sitting there looking at each other. We're like, there's no way that one round of drinks and one round of shot. I'm like, how long had he been sitting there? There's no way. I'm like, that was a $200, $250 tops tab. And you then he said a screenshot. <laughs> you said know a screenshot of the bill. It was almost 500 bucks. <laughs> oh, man. I did feel almost a little bad about that. No, you didn't. <laughs> I said almost. I, tell I, you, I, I don't think I peed at a single restaurant or bar for the rest of that trip. Mm. <laughs> I, was, I made sure. I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't, I didn't feel bad at all. Um, <laughs> it was totally worth it. I yeah. thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Well, that um, was the other thing is like, I was just like hilarious. Like even at the moment, yeah. <laughs> at the moment I was like, I see the humor in this. And like, if I wasn't oh. so mad, I would definitely, I think I even laughed a little, I even said, I was just like, I don't love it, but I, I'm, I appreciate it. But I respect it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We also had one of the guys having around the corner. So we do have the whole thing on video, which is extra fun for us. Um, the other funny thing that happened, it's funny how the, <laughs> the, these stories are all airport stories. The, uh, we had one guy on the trip who is just a, he's just not a great traveler, right? Like he's, he doesn't love. <laughs> I don't know who we're talking about here. He, he doesn't love. Yeah, you do. He doesn't love. He, he, it's not like he's necessarily a nervous flyer. He did the whole oh, right. procedure. <laughs> like he's just, he's the kind of guy that's got to be at the airport four hours before a flight. And he's always nervous that things are changing and whatever. Like he's just not the best traveler. Right. And it's admitted and it's fine. And so cool, whatever. So we're, we're leaving. We got to the airport nice and early. All good. Uh, he and I were the only two that couldn't check in online for some reason. So he's already a little bit nervous because everyone else can just go straight through and he's got to go check in. But so do I. So I, we go with him. And I'm like, and he's already kind of stressed. I'm like, bro, don't worry. I do this a lot. It's fine. Everything's fine. So we go. We get up there, check in, get our boarding passes, <clears throat> go through security. All's fine. We uh, find you guys at the lounge. And you know, burn away the next, whatever it was, hour and a half before the flight. So we're coming back from the flight or like to board the flight. 
and I have a um, earlier boarding group than he does, right? But I was like, hey, man, just, and you could see he was nervous. He was going to be kind of left there on his own. He was looking a little apprehensive. <clears throat> so I just said, I was like, look, man, just, you can come, like, you're traveling with me. Just come with me. We'll go up together. It'll be fine. Okay, cool. So we go up. I give my ticket, scans through. He gives his ticket. It goes beep, beep, beep. Random, random secondary screening required for this passenger. And he's like, oh, come on. And I just burst out <laughs> laughing. I'm like, of course, this guy is the guy that gets picked for the random TSA selection, right? So I was like, I said, I was like, do you want me to just kind of hang out? Like, so like, I've already scanned my ticket. So I've got to kind of go through. But I'm like, I can just kind of stand at the bridge here. Cause I thought maybe they were just going to like, you know, wipe his bag or something, right, do that little right. palm test or whatever it was. So I was like, oh, do you want me to just, he's like, yeah, if you don't mind. I'm like, no problem. Man. So I just kind of stood there. He had to wait for a second. Then this lady came over, grabbed him and said, here, please follow me. And they started walking off. And then they turn around to me, they're like, hey, your friend's gone. You can't just stand here. You got to keep going. So I keep going and, I, and I'm like walking along like the kind of boardwalk towards the jet bridge there. And I could see through the glass, they're taking him to like this far back corner of the airport into some hallway. And I'm like, oh, this guy's going to be on like level 10 meltdown right now. Just texting the group who's all on the plane. Everyone is just loving the fact that this guy is <laughs> the one who got there for selection. Yeah. So, you know, he ends up boarding the plane 10 minutes later. As soon as he walks on, the whole plane starts cheering for him because he survived his TSA secondary screening. Or whatever the Ugh. Colombian version of TSA is. Whatever. The, yeah. Yeah. That was that was fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Successful trip. Good trip. Uh, and, and you know, more importantly, we celebrated our good friend. Like like you said, Alex, you only get you only get one or two of these. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it was, a, it was a great it was a great weekend. We learned a lot about rum. Which was we fun. Learned, a learned a lot about rum. We had potentially the best tacos that you're ever going to have in your life. Which weirdly were made by the guy that gave us the lessons on rum. And yeah. We didn't know that. We, uh, we introduced two people to Top Gun 2. That's true. Um, and I introduced you to a new cocktail. You, on the well, flight home. I mean. Had you had it before? No. So. I mean, I was the one that was like, what is this and how do you drink it? So yeah, I guess you did technically. And then I ordered them. <laughs> yeah, pretty good, pretty good. We are definitely um, past our prime years of drinking, though. I feel like because we enjoyed that way too much. Yes, yeah, like a, like a sweet sugary cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> well, in our defense, we'd been consuming a lot of non-sweet sugary alcohols earlier in the day sure. and weekend, so yeah. it was a nice little change up potentially. That's true. Um, so yeah, anyways, great trip. Thank you boys for coming. Thank you, James, for planning it. Thank you listeners for your concern about our health and well-being. <laughs> Happy to prove you all wrong. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh... 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so moving ahead. I head back to the airport um, and from now. Let's see. It is in 15, 14 hours from now. Uh, to go to England, and I'm doing some stuff with McLaren over there at MTC, doing some stuff with Ilmore, um, which is the uh, engine company that makes the Chevy motors for IndyCar. Yeah, I like the like the engineering we'll firm that engineering firm. <laughs> helps build it for right for GM. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it'd be cool to kind of see the the British arm of the. Chevy IndyCar operation. It'd also have, be cool to see MTC. I've been there once before, but have not been since post Ron Dennis. Um, oh, you're era. okay. So what brought you there the first time? Sim. Sim test. Okay. Yep. Um, and heading back there, I think well, it would be about 11 and a half, 12 years later to go do a Sim test. I'm curious two things i'm curious to see <clears throat> well okay so what was the last f1 sim you would have been on the last f1 sim i would have been on would have been red bulls in 2013 okay so how would you compare the 2013 red bull f1 sim to the current generation, I mean, you've been on both in the last year, so Honda and Chevy IndyCar sims. Uh, way better. <laughs> so it's like it was like maybe, even ten maybe. years ago, it was considerably better. Yeah, I mean, maybe the, actually, I think the last one was a 2014 Williams sim, but okay. whatever, still ten years ago. Um, and both were exponentially better. So I'm super curious to see how much that tech has developed on that side of the world. Like <clears throat> in the last it, 10 years, if it's kind of plateaued or if it's now just like, right. Like short, short of driving the car, like, right. Well, can it not, can it get better? Or like, yeah, no, actually it can get better. And it is like being in a spaceship now and it's incredible. Yeah. I'm super curious about that. Yeah. Um, that should be fun. That'll be fun. So Pat and I are going over there uh, and it'll be cool to get back to England. I mean, I haven't been to England since I, Left um, very quickly in 2016. 16. Have you not? Oh, wow. I have not. Um, Get some. So, uh, going to check on your plants. <laughs> they're, probably, they're probably gone by, by now, but I'm going to see some old friends. I was going to say, do you have time uh, to catch up with some people? A couple pockets of time. Uh, so that'll be neat. And yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then I'm in the car uh, the f next week. So we'll be able to talk about that uh, next week um, for my first time in the hybrid and the hybrid's first time on a super speedway. So that'll be interesting to see how that kind of all unfolds. Here? Running Indy? Yes, correct. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. What day is that? Uh, the, I don't know, next week sometime. Okay. Before yeah. Thursday next week? Wednesday next week. 
So probably can't talk about it on next week's show. Yeah, that's a good point. That's all right. That's all right. The week after show. There was, was just was a little carrot little there mm-hmm. for you guys. Mm-hmm. Tune in. <clears throat> uh, um, yes. What uh, other tests do you have planned in the foreseeable future? Or is that it for now? No, I'm at Sebring um, end of the month. And then I am at Homestead in November. And cool. then Sebring in November. And then Homestead in November. Oh, yes. Brutal. Yeah. But Homestead's hey, just not a fun track to drive. I mean, but like, where are you going to go? We've talked yeah. about this many times before in November, sure December. Have. Where are you going to go? Um, some big news. Was, <clears throat> any racetracks in Columbia? Oh. Go test there? Might be worth uh, exploring. Because <laughs> let me tell Call you, Montoya. Call it's warm enough. It's, oh my it God. <laughs> I have never so sweat hot. that much in my life. It doesn't Which is help. probably not saying a whole lot. <laughs> Here's the thing. Our house was sick. But aside from one common area and all the bedrooms, the the living the common, space, area, the common area was a single room. So like a imagine like room. a family room. Right. And then yes, and then the bedroom. Um, but like the dining room, the kitchen, the pools, obviously, but like lounging areas, all that sort of thing. That was all outside, which was all open air, yeah. Awesome. Very, very cool. But then the other thing is you're in a very old, it's old town. It's called that for a reason. Very condensed, very narrow roads. You don't drive cars anywhere, right? So you walk to all your places. <laughs> and, and like these are 10 to 12 minute walks. It's not something crazy. But the thing is you're already kind of warm. Your core temp's already up because you're spending all this time kind of hanging out in the ambient conditions. And then as soon as you start walking, you just you're drenched immediately. Mm-hmm. And then you show up to these restaurants and you're in your like good clothes or whatever. And they're just completely wet. And you're like, well, here we are. So it, it <laughs> was, it was so bad at one point that Tim threw such a fit. We had to cancel a reservation and completely change where we ate. <laughs> and the next place that he chose that we ended up at didn't even have AC either. I stand but at by least, that. At least it gave two of the guys food poisoning. And at least it was three times as much, Tim. I, I stand by that decision. It was it was worth it to take the chance to not. I just didn't want to be that hot during like during a meal. It was, and yet we were. Bad. And yeah, we yet still we were. were. Um, it was better where we ended up. They at least could, had the fans. The good news is, is it's the same for everyone there. So like. Although there there was one or two times where there was a place that we wanted to go check out. And, and Al, even Alex was like, how far away is it? It's 11 <laughs> yeah. minutes. That's more than 10. I don't walk more than 10 in this weather, James. Yeah, like, that is, that 11, is true. It's 11 minutes on Google Maps. So that's like, they don't factor in your six foot one legs. I think we can make it there in less than, but here's the other thing. Your core temps are already up because you're in the ambient. You're walking. so But then you actually are also waving off guys trying to sell you hats and sunglasses. And every that's a very feet. taxing. Every 10 feet. Very people taxing. People were trying thing. to sell you stuff. Yeah. And like, uh, I don't I understand the business model of trying to sell a group of nine people all wearing sunglasses. Sunglasses. <laughs> it was a weird, it's a weird bottle. It's a weird bottle. All wearing hats and sunglasses. And they're con- constantly harassing us trying to buy hats and sunglasses. Someone, also, someone actually. <laughs> Someone actually found a hack for how to like get them to stop because <laughs> he tried to sell them his hat. 
Yeah, it was they hilarious. Didn't love it. That they was didn't and they, they couldn't. They couldn't. They didn't know he. Like, you guys want to buy a hat? He was like, you want to buy my hat? Ten bucks. You want to buy it? And he's like right <laughs> in their face with it. And they were like, ah, uh, ah. Uh, eh, like short circuited. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, annoying, yeah. isn't it? It's Does annoying. Compute. <laughs> Danger, Will Robinson. It was hilarious. The other one that he said, which we advised him not, it worked. We advised him not to say it again, was when the guy said, hey, do you want to buy a hat? He goes, hey, do you know where to bury bodies? <laughs> and, and the guy just turned around and left. Like, maybe don't say that one again, bud. Mm. Again, that's that's pushing that three out of four range. Yeah, it's not the area you want to play. Yeah, because what do you do when they say, yeah? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great point. Great point. Um, uh, okay. So non non-Columbia. Uh, big news came out today from Aaron McLaren. Um, our good friend Tony Kanan is now the sporting director of the team. So that is uh, a very cool thing because ultimately, you know, I don't think that was necessarily the vision um, that they had when 2023 started. You know, Tony was is is obviously a massive figurehead in the sport. Um, a lot of people, teams, sponsors, fans want to still be associated with Tony. Um, and it was also his final year of doing the 500, allegedly. And so he was obviously brought onto the team to do his final 500 in the fourth car this year, but also as kind of like a... Um, like. I don't know the correct way of of saying it, but kind of like a like he's the, your token representative, right, at the track, and and would um, be available for meet and greets and sponsor dinners and all this stuff. And people really love that because they got the opportunity to to spend time with someone who's still a current driver and also has the the kind of history um, that Tony does. And you know the the guys that are racing on the race weekend, we don't always have time to do all the dinners and all the appearances and everything. So he was kind of filling in for us, which was which was great. Um, but he had such an impact on not only us as drivers, but the, the engineering group, the management the mechanics, um, you know, he, he knew Zach from way back when, when Zach actually used to race, um, there's a picture of them racing together in Brazil, which is hilarious. Um, but in this, in this time span of really five months from when, you know, he transitioned out of, you know, being on timing stands to like prep for the 500, to post 500 kind of being on the timing stands to observe how people were working together and kind of being in that Dario mentorship role of being like, Hey man, I don't really care. Have you thought about this? Hey man, just from my observation, person X, Y, and Z is doing this, maybe give it a shot, blah, blah, blah. And, and it was kind of that guy. Um, but long story short, he did such a good job and made such an impact that now he is in a actual employed position with decision-making capabilities and influence on the team and the direction of the team and its progress forward. And I think that is really cool. And um, it's pretty awesome that now not only he's like a friend, but now he's like a boss and we get to work together and, and chase the same goals. So it's, it's awesome. No, it's, yeah, it's like you said, I love the fact that it's something that sort of came from, you know, evolved from the role he had this year and he just did it. I mean, he, he proved the worth he shows that, you know, that much experience, that much time within the sport can have a lot of value in helping a, an organization, you know, especially one that keeps growing to, to get better, to be better, perform better. And uh, I'm super happy for him, man. I think it's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. A little annoying that we have to deal with this bull 
every weekend now, but hey. <laughs> yeah, and like, and now, now he's your, now he's like almost your boss, which is tough. Yeah, now it's it's weird when he calls. Now it's like, uh, is this Tony my pal or my boss? Yeah, is yeah, like how yeah. I answer is gonna. Are you are you calling about a bike ride or a sim race, or are you calling <laughs> to like tell me something bad? Are you like, calling <laughs> to ask why the hell did you qualify twelfth? Like, right. which one is it? <laughs> you know what he needs? He needs a separate phone. Yes. He needs a separate phone Ooh. number, and so like he can like he can just make it known if he's calling you as TK or if he's calling you as Sporting Director of McLaren. Thank yes. you very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna, so I'm yeah. gonna refer to him from now. Yeah, on. yeah. I mean, he that is talking to me in that mm. official capacity, right? <laughs> um, so that's some racing news. I don't know what else has happened. Well, um, Ryan, oh, Ryan there Blaney was a big one talent. today. There was a big one. There's another big piece of news today. We kind of knew it was coming. I assume we're talking about the same thing here, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andretti Global has officially got their FIA certification approval thing, whatever. Um, I don't know what the exact, exact title is, but of the four teams that submitted into the second phase of the, uh, of the new team process, they are the only ones that passed and have been granted access, essentially. But... Now there's still one last turtle, which is getting FOM and the teams and the commercial rights holder to figure out a if they want them there, b what that's going to look like, and you know, and I don't know what the, I don't know exactly what that entails. Again, as as we've discussed on this show, I still find it weird. I still actually can't seem to get like a really concrete answer on whether the teams have any actual legal strengths or like have any actual legal decision-making ability or if they it's do. just like their opinions go into the mix of things no 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 okay it is it is the way the concord agreement is set up it is a hundred percent majority vote and okay. end of so right okay yeah, so although there is some implication there that if they deny it then it, they can get in trouble with antitrust laws in europe and there there's things like that it gets it gets a lot more complicated than just on the face of the teams get to vote and it's unanimous because like they could run, but they couldn't have TV showing or there, there are a, a lot of antitrust laws in Europe. They could run a foul of, it could get really interesting. I mean, we're going to know soon, right? I, I feel like with this news coming out, I don't know what the timeline is that that FOM is under to make that call, but, um, but yeah, I mean, congrats to them for getting this far. They're the only group that managed to do it. Um, one of the other groups had already spoken publicly about not getting accepted and the fact that it was speculation that Andretti had got it. Um, obviously not an easy process and, uh, and yeah, a huge amount of work has got into that. I know that uh, hundreds and hundreds of pages of, of paperwork and documents and proof of concepts and, and things like that had been submitted. So uh, huge effort. And the next hurdle has, has been, has been cleared, but still one more to go. We'll see how it goes. Um, <clears throat> NASCAR race to Dega, which we managed to get off the plane and catch the last four laps of, which is really all you need to see at Dega. And surprisingly, it took about uh, two and a half minutes to watch, not yes. 25. Right, right. There was no overtimes. There was uh, just good hard racing. I mean, there was an incredibly huge accident right at the end, crossing the line. Where Let's keep 40- it tradition. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not Dega if there's not 14 cars spinning across the finish line. Um, those teams must be so pissed, man. Like the mechanics and like the crew chiefs and the owners to get 199 laps through a race and then with 
400 feet to go going in a straight friggin' line. They all just run into each other and write off a bunch of race cars. Like it's, and it's every time, like, it's just the Tony Stewart used to have the best comments post that race when he was still driving and a team owner and just wild. Um, but Blaney, so Harvick was going to be like the feel good story there, right? He was, he was running up front, hasn't won a race this year. He's retiring soon, you know, at the end of the season, uh, it would have been cool for him to get one, but Blaney pulled off an awesome race, uh, and an awesome win, locked himself into the next round of the playoffs. Uh, so huge props to Ryan and, and team Penske and still a huge effort from, uh, from Kevin there. Uh, yeah, it would have been cool to see him win on the way out, but, uh, was not to be. Uh, no F1 this weekend. What else is happening in the world? There was a oh. sucker punch heard around the world. Oh, yeah. So, again, we were a little bit pracked by this weekend. Um, did not fully get up to speed on that exact situation. Some wreck in the truck race at Talladega uh, between Nick Sanchez and Matt Crafton. Then there was an altercation post-race um, that led to some fisticuffs and some bleeding and some death threats. Pretty big hit. <clears throat> I mean, it must have been because a lot of blood on his face. And so it was. It, it wasn't caught on camera. the 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 first punch thrown was not caught on camera. Matt Crafton threw the first punch. I don't even know if Nick got a chance to reciprocate. I have no idea. Again, I'm not. I've not done a lot of research on this one. All I know is everyone's like, oh, Matt Crafton sucker punched Nick Sanchez. I then, somebody was, I think one of the guys on the trip just saw this thing on Twitter and it was this Twitter thread from Crafton that was like a six tweet Twitter thread. And it was like five tweets about the definition of sucker punch and then what was actually, what actually happened before the cameras caught it. And then maybe one tweet that had anything to do with the incident or the fact that it got physical in, in pit lane mm -hmm. or whatever after that. The guy was just so butthurt that people were, were saying he did a sucker punch. Totally admitted he threw a punch. Totally admitted he threw the first punch. Like totally admitted all these things that like you really shouldn't be proud of. Mm -hmm. But was so offended that people would, would, would insinuate that it wasn't like a, I don't know an honest punch. Like I, I, I don't really get it. I, I feel like he was really defending the wrong thing there. And it kind of made him look a little stupid in my personal opinion. Like that's, I don't think anybody cared about that. I think it doesn't matter. Like you got into a fist fight after a race. That's what people are focused on. I don't know. I just thought the whole thing was a little bit misguided, but yeah, he, he did not. He did not come out looking good. And, and it was like, oh, I apologize. For, uh, yeah, at the end of it, you could tell the, the sixth tweet was the, like, I apologize to my sponsors and all this. It was like, man, if you really regretted it, your actions, you would have apologized for the punch at all. You wouldn't have tried to go through and be like, no, this was a justified action. And like, so, yeah. do, it, it, do that in tweet one that people are actually going to read. Nobody makes it down to the sixth tweet. So yeah. like, your, your sponsors don't give a shit if you're mentioning your apology in the sixth tweet. It's kind of pointless. Anyway. I just thought his his concern there was not of like his team or his sponsors or whatever. His concern was like his reputation amongst the boys that he threw a sucker punch. Like that's all mm -hmm. he cared about. It's like, come on, man. You're supposed to be a professional athlete. Grow up. My two cents. Alex knows nothing about this, which is why he's completely quiet. I, I, I no clueless. 
no knowledge, no interest, no nothing, which is totally fair. Yeah. Um, so next up is uh, I, I, F1 races next weekend, I think, right? Yeah. Where are they racing next weekend. Um, Jetta? No. No. Qatar. Uh, uh, Qatar. Yeah. Go to Qatar. Verstappen can lock up the championship with a sixth place in the sprint race. So that's two. So he needs two points. Mm-hmm. Basically, he mm-hmm. just needs to score two points. I don't know, or, man. It's gonna be touch and go. <laughs> it's gonna be touch and go when there's fifth. What? There's, so I, there's. I have a, I have a question. I mean, I don't sports bet, but like, <laughs> do you? Th- like, there's no way you could like bet on him winning the world championship, right? There can't be. There can't be. I would just. I would literally leverage everything I own to take out that loan, put it all on Max, and just take the point. Zero 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 one pay. I bet. I bet if there was, it'd be a million dollars pays like one. Well, exactly. You'd still get a dollar back. Right. But it wouldn't cover. It wouldn't cover the interest on the loan you had to take out to do it. Or like the fees to wire the The wire million dollars. Yeah. The forty dollar. The forty dollar wire fee would be more than what you would make on. Right. Right. It's it's kind of kind of pointless at that point. Mm. Um. Yeah. So that's unfortunate. (laughs) The uh, it's funny because there was this article about how the social media metrics for F1 hmm. have plummeted. plummeted. Like, what a shame, you know? <laughs> it's you know what? It's a shock. I'm not gonna lie. The amount that it's changed in a year, the year over year losses were remarkable. Let me see if I can bring them up quick because this is. But we have to say, like, it's equivalent to when you're losing weight. You know, in the beginning, it's easy to lose the first, you know, five, 10 pounds, whatever, and then it gets exponentially harder. Same with the race car. It's easy to close the gap the first two seconds, and then the last five or six tenths is the hardest. The numbers that they're falling from, like, it's easy to lose a lot because I. It, it's almost like they were so overvalued because the hype from everything was so high that, like, the numbers that they fell to are still substantial. For sure. But what you said is a little bit misleading because there's a difference between there's a difference between not gaining as much year over year and actually actively losing right so like yes your point like if it was only oh it only improved two percent this year versus you know 40 percent last year yeah that makes sense but i can't find the i can't find the thing anyway it's massive numbers and what i what i thought was funny was they are trying to use the lack of a title fight as the excuse it was like the headline was like social media metrics plummet or drop as a result of, or due to lack of title fight in 2023. And it's like, I'm sorry, were you guys not watching 2022? Yeah. Cause. Oh, cause it made it three more races. That means it was a fight. By like, by like six, seven races in, it was pretty clear. There was a title fight for the first four. And then by like six or eight, we were, it was not, there was not a title fight anymore. Hmm. Maybe I guess those six or eight races make a difference. Cause there was no title fight after round one really right this year so maybe but seems a little so, bit of a stretch i think everybody realizes the solution is uh taylor swift needs to start dating somebody in f1 dude i heard the theory no, today that like this is all bull- and it's just the nfl trying to like 
It's just a brilliant marketing ploy from the NFL. I mean, and if it is, well done. Dude, <laughs> you picked the most bankable star on the planet. <laughs> you also get someone that's going to increase female interest in the sport. Like, if that's what's if that's what's happening right now, because like no one's confirming the relationship or whatever. But like, man, it's working. And 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 then it's, apparently she's in a movie that's coming up or something. Like maybe this is part of promotion for the movie. Like this could actually just be some genius marketing stunt. Yeah, that is the type of they used to do in Hollywood too. For I mean, sure. I mean, Lewis Lewis did it with um, Nicole. Yeah, like that was yeah. all that was all real. Um, I, I also heard on the conspiracy theory train um, that, well, I mean, the earth is flat. That's not a conspiracy theory. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I hate how much time we spent on this topic on that trip. This past weekend, we had way too much time spent on, on trying to prove to you and another guy in the group that the earth is in fact round. Not me. I was You're on your Alex side. Alex was doing it to okay. troll, I think. Yes. Uh, no, no, no. So... My my thing that I was saying is there was a conspiracy theory, and I think this one's got legs, that Verstappen's sudden loss of pace in Singapore was a desperate attempt to try and actually regain interest in the sport. Because, mm. no. Because, Only because his last stint in the race, he was two seconds a lap faster than everybody. Like, they figured something out, like... Oh, they, they figured something yeah. out in the park for May conditions when you can't touch the car after qualifying and no, they no, figured but, it out but, in the last end of the race. No, but their their race, their car is always better in the races, right? So they didn't have the qualifying pace, but their race pace was still phenomenal. Okay. But yeah. I, I see what you're saying. But like, why not keep going then? Because the next race he had pulled by the largest margin in 10 years. Well, that's fine. Sorry, 20 years. <laughs> yeah, but that's my point. Like, why why was it such a massive blip? It's a very weird one. Anyways, I'm sure it's not correct. And also, I'm sure Travis and Taylor are in love, guys. How dare you question romance? I love love. I love love. It's I definitely love, never love about guy. money. Nothing's guy. money motivated never. ever, anytime, never. at all. All right, on that bombshell, uh, we'll let you get back to your regularly scheduled NFL games that don't feature pop stars. Uh, and we will talk next week, not about Alex's test, but a little bit about F1 and maybe, oh, no, your first, no, no. Nice. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll talk about something. I'm going to go to sleep. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow us on Twitter individually, I'm at Hinchtown. He's Alexander Rossi. And if you want to follow Tim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean Tim. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. 
It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.